Breakcore Talk, Channel Zero, No Windows, presented by PureFandom.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast, Brad and Court Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Welcome to the No End House Watcher. You have now entered room four, or episode four. And things are weird. Um, I, We need a new word other than weird and creepy, because it, it gets even more crazy every episode. Like, I thought just having the cannibals and the memories things would just be the weirdest thing ever. But no, it gets worse, but better. Bizarre. I like bizarre. Bizarre is the perfect description for like the things that happen in this in this show, and it's it's good. I enjoyed last season a lot, but I think I like this one better. I am so much. uh, I'm enjoying this season a lot more than last season. It's very outlandish and um, awe inspiring, and (laughs) I'm trying to come up with other words besides bizarre. stupefying terrifying because i would be terrified of the idea of being stuck in a house like this i told you i had this thing with um haunted houses mm-hmm. i'm not going in them especially after watching this no no, no. Uh, um unnatural that's a good word for it unnatural so <laughs> it's very unnatural so what was this one about so, uh, this week's episode was episode 204, The Reflection. Jules and Margot finally make good on their escape from the no-end house, but not quite before a few secrets are revealed. And unfortunately, they're the only two that make it out. Of, well, they're not the only two. We have somebody else that tagged along. Yes. But JD, unfortunately, his doppelganger is Dunzo. And I'm um, cute, hot, backpack Dylan, done. As is his poor wife. Uh, things just went downhill for everybody in this episode. It did. It really did. So we saw the ball that was taken to memory from Jules last week, mm-hmm. and it was taking a lot of them, which is what did she have left? The only thing that she had left was Margot. I, yeah. I don't know what else she had left in her head. No, we saw her just sitting there until Margot came in. Like, I'm pretty sure it didn't completely take everything, but she was there all night. Well, I think when she ran into it in the cornfields, that if it would have taken Margot, that would have been it. Really? She wouldn't know. I think that was the last holdout that she had. Do you think that's why? I remember last week she said that you're you're my sister or something, or you're you're the only sister I'll ever have. So she you, doesn't remember her sister, right? That's what it did. It took away her sister. We thought ah. it was, we thought it was her, and I was a little confused at that until I watched it again. I'm like, no, that was totally her sister that got taken away, and then got the dog got taken away, and then her mother got taken away, and then everybody else. But Margo was the only one that was left over. Okay. Wow. I was trying to figure out who was taken away and eaten. It was a whole weird thing going on. And in this episode, we know when they decided to all leave, we never did find out about the people in the cage in the cul-de-sac. We did not, uh, but I feel like we will. Well, they're just still there. We don't know anything about them. They're just there. I really wanted Jules and Margot to go closer and start asking questions because we saw the people in the cage and we also saw like the people that keep coming out outside the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were like, just, just get closer. Yeah. And, go ask a question. Well, I don't think asking a question was a good idea because, you know, as they were trying to leave and go towards the no end house, everybody started following them. 
That's true. Uh, And Dylan told them not to run. You run and they're going to chase you. Exactly. And it makes sense because, you know, that's what happens. You run, people run. And you can't outrun them because they'll catch up with you. I found it interesting how they all stopped at the edge of the road, though. Yeah. Like, I was very... I had questions about that because we saw when once they did go into the field, there were um, cannibals. Let's call them cannibals. There were memory right. cannibals in the field, but they had desiccated. I think, um, was it Dylan or Seth said uh, that, w- that they no longer had anything to feed on. So I guess their father or their JD is no longer around. Like they took everything they could take and now there's nothing left for, the, for them to eat. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the way yeah. I took it. Are those these are the people who followed like Margot's dad did, followed them towards the house, but they got out or something of that nature? I don't think they got out. No, I mean there are I other think, people's people got out. Like like Margot and Jules? Right. That's what I meant. Um No? Maybe. I don't I don't think so. Like I th- I feel like they got hollowed out. Like there's nothing left of those guys. And maybe they wandered into there. I don't know. You could be right. Uh, there's so many options that we could go idea. to on that. It's just, you know, there's way too much going on. But we do know. Yeah, but I feel like we would have heard more um, from. Oh, no, that's right. Because at one point in time, Dylan made it out. Right. Yeah. He's already been out once. And he right. came back to, you know, find Lacey, who was not there. She's she's. Yeah, yeah. she's gone. But we find out that JD did a really bad thing by killing himself off really quickly. That didn't help him out at all. I'm really confused as to why he did that. Like, even the father knows that he needs uh, Margot and her memories to survive. Like, he doesn't want to hurt her. I guess he has enough of her memories of the actual dad to have feelings for her a little bit. But, like, he, survival is their, their key. Like, they're going to do whatever they have to do to keep going. Well, I think it's a different story, too, because the difference of who it was. We, everybody else that we've seen has been, um, you know, a relation or something. So we see the boys at one of the, when they're, everybody was going down the streets. We see these two little boys, and their mom comes out and says, it's time for breakfast. And she lets mm-hmm. them suck her memories out. Yeah. So... JD's the only one who didn't have a significant other that was there. He had himself, and he was already a douche, so there's that, I guess. Oh, that that, he was in love with himself or something? I guess. It's the only thing that he could think of was himself. So I have a question then. Okay. For for Jules, uh, we know we've seen the orb with her, and uh, we've seen things trying to form. Right. Why haven't we seen anything like with the father for her, like with her sister or her mother? Maybe her father's been out of the picture for a long time, well, so it wasn't ever not her father, not her father, but like an actual personification, an actual actual memory cannibal instead of that white orb. Or what does a white orb represent for her? Is that supposed to be the memory cannibal? I, I thought it was just like the pod in which no, the I, thing I I took does. that as a memory cannibal because that was uh, shooting up the pools of purple stuff with people in them. Okay, so then I'm I'm curious, like, what does that represent for Jules? That's a good question. Was it's, she pregnant at some point in time? Because I'm telling you, it looks like an uh, embryonic sac or whatever. Huh. I, yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to find out in the next episode or something. I, I would like to know so. that if that was explained, because that is totally different than what we've seen with everybody else. 
but then again, nothing's been the same because, um, you know, Dylan had no one there either when he went through the house because he's searching for Lacey, but there was never any uh, memory cannibal that was after him, right? Mm-hmm. JD. Well, or is it that like he was, Lacey was more susceptible than he would have been? Could I don't be. know. I, well, it could be. It's just, does it just depend on your frame of mind? Like maybe the first time he had somebody there, this time he knows what to expect. This isn't real, so he's not going to buy it. Or you know how they get separated at what is it door three? Right. That that um like when they got separated and went there you know different ways, Lacey went further than he did, and he exited without her. No, I think he still went through. You think he still well, went through? I, I could see it. Like he has a very strong character because he did go through. Actually, we know he went through because on his arms it's he has the same scarring that says this is not real. But Lacey had that too. Okay, but Lacey got knocked down by her um, big husband, a room number six husband, who sucked all uh-huh. those memories out of her head. Like okay. Margot's dad did it when she was sleeping, just sucked those memories right out, so she doesn't know about um, Dylan, and that was it. That's why she didn't know anything about him. So at some point in time, just like with Jules and Margot, they were in the fake room six, right? Together. That's and what I'm thinking. somehow, some way, they got separated. Uh huh. Correct. Okay. That's what I'm, I'm with it. With. But still, he got out without her. Damn it, Dylan. Maybe he didn't have a choice. Maybe, maybe. I. Yeah. Maybe it was the only way that he could do it, and he got out. Or I. I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to find out why he that happened. But probably not. Like he's guilt. He feels so guilty. But like he he more than made up for it in this episode. Like Dylan was my favorite thing this week. Oh yeah. I I loved it this week with him. It was great. I always did worry about the fact that, you know, time moves so quickly in room 6. I mean, what's to say the, the house doesn't want you to leave. Why should dawn come up? Right. Just keep you in the dark. Never if you're ever out, never trust when a sign lights up that says there's a corn maze because it's never good. <laughs> Why would you go into the corn maze? Never go into the corn maze at night. He who walks behind the rose does not like that. <laughs> I have a story to talk to you about after we finish this. Okay. It's actual news in a corn maze and a baby. We'll talk about it later. You know, I'm in the Midwest. We have nothing but corn mazes around here right now, anyhow, for Halloween. So it's a whole <laughs> and thing. And you're going to make me not want to visit you now. And it's it's okay. It's It'll be fine. Children of the corn are okay. Don't worry about them. <laughs> Fine. We just have children. We'll of the, we have children of the candy corn here. It's great. It's never mind. All right, I, I did candy corn then. That's fine. <laughs> so when they get separate, well, we had this whole thing where they make the campfire right outside of the candy corn area, <laughs> the corn maze. Of course, Jules just wanders right on off while Margot's away with uh, Seth. I just love how Jules just got up and walked off. That says that the only thing that she had was Margot. Margot wasn't there, so she's like, what else? I'm just walking this way. Okay. And that's how she ended up in that little ball to suck her Margot memory out. Yes. Which leaves... And of course... Yeah, we, we leave, uh, what was it, JD and Lacey behind? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's like, uh, don't go anywhere and don't you let anything happen to her. So, of course, as soon as he, as he says that... Uh, she's done. She's like, let me out. He's going to kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, let's just, things do not go good for that. Uh, 
Lacey now has her. See, the the remnants that are in the corn that come out and attack Lacey, they're mm-hmm. doing more than just touching to pull her memories out. She was like trying to reach inside her brain through her eyeballs. Yeah, because at that point, the, the remnants that's in there on the cornfield, they're starving. Like, they're going to get to the memories however they can. Right. Like they don't want the memory. They're, they're going to actually eat her if they need to. Yeah, they got to eat something to stay alive. And yeah. It doesn't quite work out for anybody. No. Okay. While Seth and Margo are away, he mm-hmm. talks about the manis. No, I mean about the orchids, and they're an orchid manis. Uh-huh. How creepy was that? Oh, that was the creepiest thing, and it was really cool. I was like, that was a bizarre, it's a it's a real bug. It's not a flower at all. The whole time we and thought it was everywhere. a flower, and they're all over the place. Uh, by the way, those come from Southeast Asia, by the way, in case you're wondering when they come from. They're very oh, interesting. I was going to look it up to see what they represent. Uh, see what they represent. I don't, mm, well, let's see. Uh, they're carniv- uh, carnivorous. And, well, that's pretty much all praying mantises. I don't know what they mean. I don't really see any meaning on them. But they do kind of look like a flower, which is very creepy on the whole thing. I would just go with the carnivorous part about the house, you know? Well, that and they can camouflage itself. True. Well, that's what, yeah, that's yeah, that's what they do, too. They actually are able to camouflage themselves also. So, are the praying manises the house also? I don't know. Huh. That would be very interesting. Well, there's a new one for everybody to think about. Go research that, people, and tell us what you think. Wait a minute. I found something that said that uh, it's it's a carnivore. No, let me see. Yeah. It's bloodthirsty. Okay. So, that will go along with the whole cannibal thing. Yeah. Beware the cannibals. It's all right there, even in the flowers. <laughs> look at the flowers, Brad. Oh, look at the pretty flowers. Uh, <laughs> we do get our answer to, yes, that Seth actually does live in the house. Yes. I told you I didn't trust him. Yeah, and he, so, did he drag them into the house? Is that what his job is? He's like the salesperson. He leaves the house, but he drags people into it. I think that's why it lets him survive. It needs somebody to go out into the world and kind of tempt people that aren't tempted by the uh, little ads and things that it puts out. So that's his job. He's like the gatekeeper or whatever. Definitely. The the ticket seller. (laughs) It gets everybody (laughs) to come in. Yes, I I would go along with that. And it lets him live for whatever reason. Right. Well, because it, he he does the bidding, and I guess he enjoys that world for some reason. I think I almost wonder if he's part of the world. Like, if it, was he born there or something like that? Uh, maybe. You know, he he's but a, like he's a child I'm trying to figure house. out how that would happen. Uh, or is is he is he like the father? I didn't know. I just said is he like a child of the house? Like he his so mother somebody came was in. pregnant. Yeah, like when they came in twenty years ago or whatever, his mother came in. And was pregnant and gave birth, and he just grew up in the house. Okay, I and the house see that. gave all the knowledge that he knows about it. And he doesn't have any true memories from the outside that it could feed on. Right. Okay, I could see that. And so they don't really care about him that much. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, Dylan figures out what JD's secret is because he wasn't attacked and probably. Oh, oh no, 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 no. What? Margo dimes out uh, Seth. Oh, oh you, talk, you said JD. I got excited. We were talking no. about um, Seth. Go ahead. No, as, as you say, Dylan finds out about JD's secrets because he didn't get Poor attacked JD. and then promptly sets him on fire. <laughs> just, <laughs> Which makes total sense because that's how he killed the real JD. I know. Well, yeah. And off in the distance, Margo's dad's watching. Dun, dun, dun. That was really creepy. Yeah, he's he's got that creep factor down. Uh, yeah. Mar- Margo did find Jules at the bar. Uh, I mean, at the bar, at the ball, that was start, <laughs> starting to suck her memory out. Uh-huh. And I think if she wouldn't have got her out right then, she would have been gone. I Jules, think so, too. Jules would have been part of the cornfield. Poor thing. But it's interesting to see how that ball can show up just anywhere. See, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm confused. Oh, maybe Seth was born from one of those balls. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. No, well, it goes back with your idea about uh, her being pregnant at one point in time. So mm-hmm. you never know. Oh, Seth could have had a friend. I could have. He had, could have had a baby brother, a baby sister. <laughs> but can we get back to the part where Margo is like, Seth can't come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go with it. That was the perfect moment. Like, you know how we started off at the beginning of the episode where they were having their little morning after and everything was all sweet and cutesy and everything. Right. And I thought she was completely under his spell. Like, even, like, her interactions with her dad, and she didn't seem to care, like, that he was not really her father and that he had this whole cannibal thing going on with the memory. So when she found out about Seth, I thought she was going to roll with it and be okay. Nope. No, like she told Dylan, like let, we're getting out of here, and you just killed JD. Seth can't come, and let's go. Right. And poor Dylan, like I, I really kind of wanted him to make it, but he wasn't going to after Lacey died. No, he didn't. Yeah, he kind of realized that he was done, especially when he said, "You know what? I'll go back and I'll, you know, we'll make everything happen." Yeah, he was gone. I did like uh, when Margo's dad showed back up, though. It just said, "You know, I just need a little something small." Just, you know, Phoebe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a whole, I don't know. There's this, his whole thing was really interesting, especially when they, uh, Jules and Margo went into the house again. So they have to go into the yeah. house to escape the house, which was kind of bizarre for me, but I'm going That was it. great. No, but remember, at, at the very first episode, the guy told her, to get out, you have to go through. And so I thought that... I didn't know what that meant initially, but like watching this, they have to go through the entire house all over again. And it was really cool seeing it this time around. So in room one, we got to see the busts again of the, the heads and there's are the only two left. Right. And they were very and, different. Yes. They were very different. They were ripped apart. They were hands reaching and like, like little, I guess, gray faces being uh-huh. pulled out from their heads. Right. So I'm, I'm not sure what that's supposed to signify. Is that supposed to be who they'll become after the house is done with them? Or um, like, is that something else being born out of their head? I almost think that's what it is. It's going to who, who they're going to become. Okay. And so that was really cool to see in room one. I really wish we could, we would have seen Dylan's bus still in there because he wasn't dead at that point in time. Like the dad, he was still battling out with the dad. But he wasn't inside the house, so it didn't matter. He wouldn't be there. 
Okay. Ah, uh, yes, because the the bus appeared the first time when they entered the house. So in the and first, we saw the viewer of the cannibal thing again. In the first episode, we just saw that JD's bust was the only one that didn't change. Was that a preview of things to come? Possibly. So the house already knows what's going to go on. That's just even I don't weird. think so. I, I don't think so. Hmm. Like I, I don't know why it was like that for JD. Uh, but in the second room, this was cool. This was the boat or the pool. You right. called it the pool last time. Yeah. Um, they're together. And all, when we see the flashlight this time, that one time, last time we saw the streak of blood mm-hmm. where it looked like somebody had been dragged out of the room. So this time around, we saw that oozing that started popping up all over the place. I love Jules, but I thought she was done at this point in time. She wasn't too. moving fast enough for me. <laughs> I thought she was over it. I'm like, girl, start jumping, man. Jump, girl. Exactly. Jump. <laughs> Run and jump. Like, this was some creepy-ass hopscotch, but it worked. Um, So they made it to the third door, and they did exactly what I wanted them to do, and they went through the revolving door together. Um, And then we saw the giggling dude, and he was dressed up like the teacher from before. And did you see the board? No, I did not. What did the board say? Um, He had been writing on the chalkboard, don't go, don't go. He wrote, like, Bart Simpson style, where it was all over the board. Right. Yeah, I actually do Um, remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. So in room four, kind of like what we saw before, um, this time we saw the father's face and only his face, but with the whole allergic reaction yeah. thing happening Suffocating. to kind of torture her. Yep. And room five was the stone man in with the bathtub. Yes. And he wanted a hug. Now we, we got to go back on room three. They broke the rules because they both went at the same time. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm wondering and they better have. Well, I'm wondering if that's going to come back into play later on because sure. they didn't actually go through it correctly. Because it did say one at a time, so does that really let you out of the house if you do it wrong? It better have let them out of the house. So even in a room five, there still wasn't an exit, but they did leave. So they finally make it out and they come out and they see a dandelion. Not a yeah praying mantis. Or but it was mantis. like I was like, is the house tricking us again? Again? I didn't. Yeah, this was like, is that made out of caterpillars or something or what? You know? Yeah, but this time around, like everything felt much. Nah, like it felt like they were really out. Well, yeah, I I went with that too because the, they come around. There's other people trying to get in the house, and I got I loved what Margaret said. She was like, the house is full. And not <laughs> right. full as in, Go home. It, it's full as in it ate enough. Not. You know, right. there's too many people in there, and their car did start. So there's some, there's that right there. Yes. And then the shocker happens when Margot's dad walks out of the house. Dun, dun. I'm like, I'm trying to figure that out. So if you become one of the cannibal people, you can leave the house. So that goes back to what you were saying about Seth. He could be one of them. Uh, yeah, but. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think Seth is totally different, but now we know JD uh-huh. could have made it out also, but he would have still been deteriorating. I don't think he could have made it out. I don't think he ate enough. But now the question is, can Margo's dad eat off of anybody or does he have to find Margo? See, I don't know. I think he has to find Margo because with the people, the remnants in the field, when they were trying to eat off Lacey, right. like, I don't think they could. I don't think they could get anything out think, of her, and that's kind of why they dug her eyes out. No, I don't think Lacey had anything left in her. I think Lacey was empty. She mm, didn't have nothing. Mostly empty. 
probably mostly empty because the husband was still coming home. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, mostly, kind of, sort of. Alrighty. Hmm. Well, you got anything else for this one? No, I'm just, I can't wait. We have two more episodes I left. I know, it's so good. I can't wait. There's so much yeah. other TV coming on, too, at the same time. It's, it's getting insane. That time of oh, the it's year. That's a lot of TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you aren't there already, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of our articular articles posted there. There's a ton of awesome writers over there filling up the site with some amazing fandom posts. And we're dropping, like, a bunch of interviews and a bunch of stuff this week. So just check our stuff out. Yep, keep an eye out for us. Uh, we have a lot that's coming. If you love TV, movies, comic books, or just about anything pop culture or fandom-like, make sure you check out Pure Fandom on Twitter or on the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Jindev and at Brad ZB, and you can also join our Facebook groups. We have one dedicated for Van Helsing. Now that the show's back, we have a lot going on there, and our regular Facebook group is Brad and Court Talk Pure Fandom Podcast, where we talk about just about everything. Yep, and if you got thoughts or comments about this episode, let us know in the comments below or hit us up on the Twitter or Facebook page. Until next time, are you sure you're really out? That's it for this episode. Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.